So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey Is. Hi Em. <laughs> How you doing over there? I'm still a little shook about the Real Housewives of Miami trailer where Adriana tells Larsa Pippen that she will never be Kim Kardashian. But other than that, I'm great. Wait, I have to tell you something. I really wondered if that was something that not only was going to happen, but also if it was going to be revealed kind of in the preview. And the fact that it was leads me to believe there's going to be a lot more of those conversations on this season than we had maybe anticipated. Yeah. I, if I was a betting woman, I would say that's not the first or last time we'll hear Kim's name brought up, but I just finished binge watching all three seasons of Real Housewives of Miami, like the old ones. And it is like a very superior franchise. I can't believe it hasn't been brought back until now. And I'm so excited about it, truly. Like we get to live in Lisa Hochstein's house and I couldn't be happier about it. I know. I kind of wonder why. You know, I feel like there are so many uh, other franchises that really had seasons that definitely kind of took an L and they kept going. So I just wonder what the reason for that was. Me too. It was an amazing cast. They had amazing flow. It was like the best backdrop for a show. And I can't wait for it to be back. Really, I'm so excited. And it looks like they really did it right. The other thing I wanted to say before we get into this episode, which is Girls Trip, Orange County, and Nicki Minaj Potomac, is I know we kind of missed Winter House last week because we recorded it on Tuesday, but I'm sad it's over. I thought it was a really, not only a good season, but also kind of a good case study at what they could do, similar to Girls Trip, you know, these different type of shows. And I really hope they do something like that again. Me too. I think it was a good experiment. I had so much fun watching it. I can't say it was the most exhilarating show I've ever watched, but I always ended every episode feeling like, wow, I really enjoyed that last hour of TV. I know we're not going to do a recap, but I just want to say there was one scene where Paige was with Andrea in, I guess like what you would call the entrance. And it was just the two of them and Craig. And I think Lindsay was standing on the other side of the glass wall. And I was just thinking to myself, it's so crazy that in a few months time, like that dynamic will totally shift. She was literally leaning on Andrea and Craig was off to the other side. And I just, it's like when you're watching that and then you go on Instagram and you're looking at his story of her on the train and it's just like, holy shit, I am so obsessed with the progression of that. Yeah, like in a few short months, you'll be doing Thanksgiving with each other's families. It's crazy. I have to say the most upsetting thing is watching Austin and Sierra not end up together. Because I low-key, like not actually in reality, but just in general, thought that they could be endgame. 
honestly, it's better off for Sierra really, because he was just not in the right headspace. But I did feel like there was a real connection. And I think it was Kyle that was maybe saying to Austin, you know, when he was with her on Summer House, she definitely did have her guard up a little bit more, understandably so. And it was a different side of her that you were seeing. The other thing that I wanted to say was that clearly there was some shit that was not right with Craig and Natalie because one lunch with Madison is just not something that ends a relationship like that. So either there was a lot of stuff going on that we didn't know about, or he was also you know, subconsciously developing feelings for Paige, or I don't know what the deal was, but it was crazy how quickly you know, it kind of deteriorated for something that was seemingly so minor. No, I think that was like an easy thing to blame it on just in terms of the show and kind of giving an explanation. But it definitely felt like the last straw, but also just an interesting tidbit that we as the viewers would be able to like appreciate. So it all made sense. But they definitely were probably rocky before the show started. And then as things slowly progressed and being away from each other, I think it was just like the perfect storm. It was kind of interesting though, that he never really led on to that until the very end. You know, if you didn't know, you would have thought that he just missed her and it was a little bit hard being away, but there was no evidence that something was off. No, not at all. I mean, we only really saw a couple phone conversations with him, so I guess it would have been hard to gauge, but they definitely painted it in a strategic way. And I wish that, I just wish that we saw like Okay, if anyone watched Selling Sunset this season, I just finished it, even though it came out a couple days ago. Like, they end this whole season with like showing Chriselle and Jason kissing. And it's like, oh my God, like we know what's going on in real life. And here it is at the end of the show. Not that we're getting another follow up season of Winter House necessarily, but I wouldn't mind it. And I just wish that we saw at least a little bit, but we're going to get it on Southern Charm. They were all together, and Paige was down there filming, I think, on a weekend trip with them with Naomi. So listen, we can't be greedy. No, we can't be. That's going to be amazing, by the way. Like amazing. Amazing. (laughs) You know. Okay. You want to get into Ultimate Girlship? More than anything in the world. Okay. I mean, listen, last week we had four episodes to talk about. This one, it was really only episode five. Phenomenal, by the way. Phenomenal. Maybe the best episode so far. Yesterday, Isabel and I went to this event that Heather Dubrow was having at Saks. And while we were waiting to spend time with her, we were kind of just talking to her team and some other, you know, PR people. And it was so amazing watching everybody's reaction to talking about Ultimate Girl Strip because everybody has the same general vibe, which is like, why didn't they do this sooner? And when you say like kind of hesitantly, is this maybe the best show that's on TV? And everyone validates you like Yes, I was feeling the exact same way. That's when you just know. Yes. Okay, we're even to begin here. I mean, Ramona was a shit show. We saw Ramona in Salem, and I'm still gonna, and we saw her at that Shabbat dinner, you know, on last season. And I still think this really was maybe her worst ever. I really stand by that. It's incredible how many times we can come on this podcast and say, this was Ramona at her worst. Like truly, we've seen her through all this, but this has got to be her worst. And she always outdoes herself. Like I wish we could go back and see how many times we've said that before and kind of thought there's no way it could get worse than this. Like, come on, this is her being at her lowest. And she proved us wrong. And I will say that I think this week's Ultimate Girls Trip was – the testament to what we say time and time again, that as a person, she's awful and she's just all the things. 
but as television, she's great fucking television. And this was like marrying those two things of her being at her worst and a complete lunatic, but also beyond entertaining to watch and really sort of being the backbone of this episode in terms of the plot and stirring it. Well, that's the thing. When you really think about it, what would the drama have been if it wasn't for her acting in the way that she did? Because the only reason that you get that reaction from the other women is because she's so off her rocker, you know? But (laughs) there was a moment when they were on the yacht and everybody individually was coming at her. I'm not even just talking about Kenya. Like every single person had a bone to pick with her. And I had this moment for like 10 seconds where I felt bad for her. And then I realized like, everybody's reaction is completely justified. You can't expect to make all these comments and act in the way that you do and not expect it to boil over. But I definitely had a moment of sympathy. And then I was like, you know what? I have to say this is completely warranted. It's completely warranted because she does these things. She has to be responsible for actions. I mean, yeah, does it look and feel probably like a gang up? A hundred percent, but it's well-deserved and it's completely warranted. And I think the other women they like they don't have alliances the way that it usually would in a franchise. So to see Teresa just sticking up for Luann so heavily just because she believes in like the truth when Ramona was saying, well, she fucked Tom on the first date or like, you know, he was calling all his ex-girlfriends and Teresa's like, she was in love with him. Stop it. Like, you don't talk about that. Like, what did she, what does this have to do with her? She married him. She loved him. And really sticking up for Luann because it was what Teresa believed in her heart was the truth, not just because she thought it was like a strategic move or she had to be on Luann's, quote, team. By the way, this is absolutely the most I've ever liked Teresa, I think, honestly. Uh, Yes! Right? Like, okay, here's the other thing I want to say about the show. We spoke about this with Luann last time because... I think last season was definitely not her best, maybe one of her worst in terms of just her being incredibly pretentious and out of touch. And I thought in this show, she really shined, like we said last week. But also I had a new appreciation for Teresa because this is kind of a weird thing to say. I don't know the right way to put it, but it was like we saw more of her heart in a way. Yes, very much. Yeah, I, I was really enjoying her. Same. Literally the only time I haven't enjoyed Teresa this whole these whole five episodes is when she goes in on Melissa, because I just get like PTSD, I think from that. And I just want them to get along. But otherwise, I've like really agreed with everything she says. And we notoriously always say we never agree with anything Teresa says or does, but we love her. And I find myself really agreeing with her and appreciating her. And she just has this like calmer aura and almost wants to bring peace to people, which feels just so the opposite of what's ever kind of been her role in a group. I mean, if you had a side-by-side of her entire performance in these five episodes thus far, and then you put it next to her at Evan's birthday party, which I know was obviously you know not her best moment, but it was like two different people because I feel like the person on this show would really look down at that behavior. Yes. It's so true. Wait, um, there's so many things. I know we have a full outline here. I'm kind of just talking off the cuff, but I want to talk about the Cynthia Ramona makeup situation. Yes, let's talk about it. I personally relate to Cynthia's frustration so much about that particular issue because I could see myself also being really annoyed about that. Like you have this whole thing set up, you are anticipating getting your hair and makeup done. Whether or not people think that's stupid or not, that's what you wanted to do. And then to kind of find out that one of the other women, because they can't get their act together, ruin that for you. I would be just as annoyed. 
And I do think that she's completely correct because we've seen the way that Ramona handles situations. That being said, I do think it could have been handled a little bit differently, probably by the makeup artist in the sense of, I know that I have a job to do, you know, maybe I have to handle this a little bit differently. I'm not taking the blame off of Ramona, but I do think it's a little bit of a shared burden. Do you think I'm wrong? No, but I also think when it came down to it and they were sort of hashing it out at the table, Ramona's classic disrespect for anyone that she's working with or that is working for her, anyone that's considered like staff or anything like that was coming through her just absolute, like just, I don't even know. She doesn't know how to treat anybody, let alone like people in that situation. So I think how rude she was about it, how she treated those people and the other women, but specifically these people that she was working with and just like the way she spoke about them and the way she was questioning it. I think that also rubbed Cynthia and all the other women at the table the wrong way of just like, holy shit, how can this woman be so blatantly disrespectful. Like I think that added another layer of annoyance just to how much they're already annoyed by Ramona with her behavior. I mean, that's the thing. If you are a normal person and you're sitting at a table with a bunch of other women and somebody presents you with this issue that you, according to her, had no idea was going on, there's just a general level of basic human regard that you have for another person. So even if you don't think that the blame is on you, there's a way to kind of respond to that. And the lunacy with which Ramona handles every situation is never more on display than when she is on the defense. And so one, she's accused of being disrespectful and not paying, which I think was hundred percent accurate or delaying payment. But that of course is going to, you know, send her off. And then second of all, she doesn't want to be responsible for making Cynthia late. And it's just like, you can't allow your inability to take any blame, take precedent over like your basic manners. It's it's so crazy to watch. It is really crazy to watch. And if I'm feeling that frustrated sitting at home in my pajamas watching this go down, imagine how even the other women at the table who were not involved at all, who had different hair and makeup, who didn't even know the situation until they were sitting there, they felt annoyed about it. So then for Cynthia, on top of all of it, who was directly affected I get it. And given the day that they had, it was just another kind of pile on of how disrespectful Ramona is to everybody who she comes in contact with. Well, you even saw when she had to go find her phone when she was having that conversation. Oh my God. Right. It's like, there's this woman waiting upstairs for you. You know that she has another appointment and she's just, you know, taking her time. I know she was a little bit drunk, but it's not an excuse. A little bit. She would have done the same thing sober. That's why I don't view it as an excuse. No, I agree with you. And she only cares about herself. And it's really, it's hard because in a normal franchise, she only cares about herself, but it affects everyone else a little bit less because you're not like in these living quarters and you're not on sort of the same schedule. I mean, when they're going on a trip, fine. But when they're just meeting up for dinner in their own city, they're coming from their own respective homes. They figure out their shit and then they get there. And then she could be disrespectful when she gets there. But there's sort of this like camp bunk vibe going on where your actions very much are a domino effect of everyone else around you. And it's just, it comes out even more and it's just not a good look. Especially, you would think after the day she had on that boat, how everyone was piling up on her saying she's disrespected all of you and all of these things that she would want to get back in their good graces. You know, she's crying into Kyle's bosom, like, I'm such a good girlfriend. I'm a girl's girl. And like, 
just show it, prove it. You have one thing that you could maybe get right. Just show us. <laughs> you think I'm just going to glance over the fact that you said bosom? <laughs> <laughs> that just what it felt like, you know, it was very like, she just like was trying to hide. No, it's exactly what it felt like. Wait, the other thing I want to talk about is when they're at the table and Teresa's kind of giving that toast, it was such an example of her comment to Luann about, you know, we got to give you more of a backbone really was coming from such an endearing place. She meant like, I can't believe that I get a front row seat to the disrespect that Ramona puts you through. And I don't like that you've been tolerating it. And I want to stand up for you. Her delivery was a little bit flawed, but I thought that Luann's reaction, not that there was anything wrong with it necessarily because she was just triggered for whatever reason, but that was a moment where I don't want to say old Luann, but the Luann that we have come to know previously really came out. And I'm not even faulting her for it because clearly that upset her, but it was just very funny how it really was such an innocent, what Teresa meant to be kind-hearted comment, but it was just kind of a poor choice of words. No, I agree with you. It did feel like old Luann in the sense of she heard something about herself that she didn't like and she couldn't let it go. And I was actually surprised because I thought she would be able to and feel like, oh, Teresa has stood up for me. I mean, think about what I just said about Teresa on the boat, how she was standing up for Luann so much, not because she felt like Luann needed it, but because she just wanted to, because she felt like Ramona, what Ramona was saying was so wrong. But so I didn't take it that way at all. But I think when Luann heard something negative about herself and she was like, no, no, I want to prove you wrong. I don't want to give anyone that idea that I don't have a backbone. You know, you, you imagine like in real life, if that actually happened, because that's actually a scenario that I could see happening with a real group of friends. So many of these are so far out, you can't imagine it. But that's one where I could see, you know, somebody's trying to give a compliment to a newer friend and in doing so, they actually kind of offend them. But Luann's reaction was just, I felt like Teresa was about to revert back to her old self. Like, well, fuck you then. Right. Oh my God. That's not what I was trying to say at all. She was trying to make such a nice toast. And if that's the worst thing that she could say about Luann, or that's what she observed that day, it was almost in other words, she was saying like, Luann, you're too nice. Like you let Ramona get away with this and you got to not let her get away with it. And it was so old school Luann. And you're right. I felt like Teresa was about to like fight back at her. Like you're twisting my words. Right. Like, fuck you. I don't know. You think I need to give you this compliment? I was giving that to you for you. Right. But like, right. It's like, I got both sides. It was just a perfect example. Like if I was giving a PowerPoint presentation to people who didn't know anything about Luann or Teresa, and I wanted to show examples of their personalities over the years that really showed who they were, that was a great example because it was like, Luann goes into the defensiveness when she feels anything negatively about her character is being said. And then Teresa is about to revert back to like, well, fuck you too. Kind of like her old school. It was just, I I liked it very much. (laughs) Same. I did too. It was not expected, but I loved it. Yeah. What else are we missing? I mean, there's so much shit that went down, but I'm trying to think in other major discussion points. I mean, I think that was it. Kenya, I don't blame Kenya at all. Like Ramona saying, oh, fuck you to her was just so rude. And oh my God, no, no, no. Ramona trying to spin the thing where she said, oh, Luann fucked Tom on the first date into like, no, no, no. I'm saying I want to be more like you. I want to be more open with my sexuality. That's classic Ramona. She says something, she drops the bomb, she lights the fire. And then she's like, oh, wait, what stupid lie that is so unbelievable can I say so that she thinks my intentions were good. It's like, how dumb do you think we are? 
And then she couples it with the immediate fake cry, which is so on demand that it's almost impressive. It, it, it's, it's actually insane. It's true what Kenya said. She has no decorum. If you look up crocodile tears in the dictionary, you will see a picture of Ramona. Not only a picture of Ramona, you will see the photo of Ramona in, as you previously said, Kyle's bosom, because that was one of the best examples. Exactly. So Mother's Day is coming up, and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom, because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Listen, I am not naive to the fact that I may be wrong on this, but I'm feeling hopeful that this season of Orange County is going to do what we hoped it would do, which is really revive this franchise in a way that it's so desperately needed. I know. I can't believe I genuinely feel like it's turning around and really looking up. And I do think we have to thank my queen and savior, Heather Dubrow. No, I'm sorry she elevates the franchise and I really feel that way. And I also think that this return was highly anticipated, but also if you go back a few years, it was not something that I think any of us thought was going to happen. I remember when she was in our podcast studio in New York in 2019 and we asked her and she was very quick to say, I think definitely not. I'd have to go back to the exact episode, but she really wasn't considering it. And so I'm glad that they kind of framed this premiere around her because I think that that was what needed to happen in order to like, I don't know the best way to say it, in order to make everyone else realize like how big of a deal this was and what this could signal in terms of a change. Yeah. And I think something Heather does that's really unique is, of course, we needed a little more like glamour. We needed her house. We wanted her to throw a party catered by Nobu. I mean, nobody is complaining. That is the aspiration that we all strive to see on Housewives. But I also think Heather has this really unique ability to bring people together and really make them feel like heard and understood and also have the foresight of who will get along. So I'm happy she hosted this first party. I mean, I think it does end in a shit show as we saw in the kind of next couple episodes coming up. But I do think her intentions are great and she is really like a friend collector, which is a great thing to have as a housewife because – she gets everyone for who they are and is able to sort of not control the group in any way, in a bad way, but almost have like a really good pulse on what everyone's feeling and what's going on. So the mix of that with also the glamorous lifestyle and just how fab she is as a person is like, I mean, I told her this, she's made for this in the best way possible. I mean, I think also what's really unique about 
her specifically in terms of, you know, this season is that she has the perspective of having been there before. So she knows Shannon, you know, she knows these women, she's familiar with them to an extent, but also she really is new because most of these women weren't on the show when she was on the show. So she can kind of play both roles. It's like the new girls feel safe with her. And then she also has kind of like that veteran ability where she knows her shit. So it's kind of a unique spot to be in that you don't typically see unless you have somebody come back as a return. No, and she she told us this and she said it many times before, she wasn't watching any of the other seasons that she wasn't on. So since she left to when she's back, she doesn't know any of the drama because it didn't involve her. So she really is coming in with a fresh perspective and knowing that her personality was needed and that's just what she's there to do. I, by the way, completely believe her when she says that she didn't watch it. I know some Same. people think that's bullshit. I'm telling you guys, we we saw, so yesterday she had this thing at Saks where it was basically kind of like a, a press day and she had different outlets coming to her. And so we were there for probably, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. <laughs> Terry was off to the side. They have such a cute like dynamic even yeah. in real life. <laughs> but she, we were talking to her about that exactly. And I was like, honestly, you really happened. And she was like, looked at me dead on. She was like, I swear to you, I did not watch. She was like, it didn't, it didn't concern me. Which by the way is pretty believable because we did watch and I wish I wasn't. (laughs) Right. What was she missing? (laughs) It wasn't like the season of Beverly Hills or Potomac where everyone was buzzing about it. It was like, everyone was like, I wish I wasn't watching this. Remember when we interviewed Lisa Vanderpump and she said that she didn't watch Beverly Hills at all? Yes. And I was thinking to myself, like, it's not that I don't believe you necessarily, but also you're doing yourself a disservice. I didn't feel that way with Heather. I was like, God, I wish I could be you. Right. Right. For sure. Okay. Let's talk about the new girls, shall we? Yes. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. So Dr. Jen and Noella are full-time housewives. And then Nicole is what seems like a friend of kind of brought in by Heather. Is that the vibe that you're getting? Yeah, I think the story goes, she was brought in by Heather as her friend, as we see in the premiere. And then because of what goes down, we get into it in the first episode, but we see it sort of explodes next week. And I'm sure it continues. She was filming as a real full-time housewife, but got demoted to friend of, and then I think sort of disappears halfway through the season because 
just the way that the story and the storylines were going, it wasn't good, especially because she, I think, ends up really feuding with Heather and Terry. And for everybody involved, that's just not a good, not a good story. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't feel one way or another towards her. She seemed fine for the first episode. I think that Dr. Jen and Noella were good picks. I really do feel that way. I mean, who knows how it will go, but they kind of understood the assignment. I hate to use that term. I know it's so overused, but that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I really am into Dr. Jen so far. I like her vibe. I think she's sort of a mix of all different other OC housewives that we've seen in the past. And Noella, I think, is a great housewife. I think it's so hard to judge off of a first season, but she also gives me very Selling Sunset energy. I know I've brought up Selling Sunset already this episode, but I just finished binge watching it and I'm like so in that mindset where I weirdly feel like she would fit in so well with that cast. Totally. A reality star is a reality star and every show kind of has their general vibe, but there's a certain presence that you need in general to be successful across any of these. Right. For sure. It's also so funny that her husband is the guy on the billboards. Like (laughs) that was such an unexpected twist. I know. Like you may know him. I know. I have to get something off of my chest. It's not necessarily that I don't like Emily. There's like nothing really not to like. I just don't kind of get it. Am I missing something? She feels a little bit like lost this season. Like she's sort of fading into the background. I mean, I can't say this season. We've seen one episode, but I don't know if she's there as her own person. She feels a little bit in the shadow of Gina or just like whatever Gina says she goes along with. I mean, I think it's the same thing vice versa, but I just think Gina has a little bit of a stronger presence and seemingly more of a connection with not only Shannon, but coming up with Heather. And I just, I really like Gina. I know that is like such a hot button issue. And I feel like this is going to be her season. She has her shit together. I think she's going to get along with these women. She gets the whole filming thing. She's at a good place in her personal life. And I just really feel like she's going to shine this season. And for Emily, I mean, Emily's a whole different story, but I just feel like it's not like her breakout season by any means. And I feel like the first episode sort of sets the tone for that. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I, I think I just always miss the boat on her. Maybe it's just a me thing. I would love to know everybody else's opinion. I just kind of feel like she's a perpetual place filler. Maybe that's completely unfair. I don't know. No, I, I agree. I don't think she necessarily brings much. I think she sometimes has good opinions, but I don't really think she's like bringing the heat. I also think with Gina, what we're seeing is a restored sense of confidence, which is really beautiful. I mean, she went through a lot of shit and I feel like she, it's the only expression that just came to my mind. So I'm going to say it. She's starting to get her groove back. And I love seeing that. You sound like me. I agree with you. What's that movie? Oh, the emperor. I was like, who else got his groove back? (laughs) (laughs) Crunk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, I like it. It's one episode. I don't know how much we know, but I did feel like the old OC was starting to return. Also, somebody sent us, and I can't find the DM because there were so many other ones with the Spotify wrapped, which by the way, hold on. I need to take a moment to say this. I said to myself, I was going to say this on Monday's episode, which I will, but I have to just tell you, Spotify wrapped came out today. And when people tag us in those, I'm not kidding. I could go through hundreds of them. It will never get old. It is hands down the most flattering thing. And I 
every time somebody tags us and they show the amount of minutes that they've listened to us, it's like an out of body experience. I cannot believe it every single time. I know we've been doing this for years, but I'm so deeply grateful. And I hope you guys understand how all three of us, like we send pretty much every single story we screenshot and send it to each other. And we're like, holy shit. Like these are people we don't know around the world that just take the time to listen to us every week. And it is, I can't explain to you what that means to us. And I just want to thank everyone, whether you posted it or not, it's just really an unbelievable thing to see. And I just am so appreciative. So I just really want to take a moment to say thank you for that. And for me, as I listen to a lot of podcasts, so when I see my top, these are people that I feel like are in my life every day. So then to see everyone tagging us is crazy. And also the company that we're in on these top listens, like Danny Pellegrino, Heather McMahon, like all the shows I love to be surrounded by them is just the biggest honor and so surreal. It's It really is. So just thank you. I, I, I will definitely say that, make a bigger point to say that on Monday, but I just wanted to say that here as well. Um, but anyway, somebody sent us a, a DM that's now lost and it was like, wait, can we talk about season one Slade Smiley? And it's so crazy. Do you remember when he was with Joe and you look back and you watch it and it was definitely kind of a, a strange dynamic. And I think in a lot of ways he treated her like a child and I definitely don't necessarily enjoy rewatching that. However, I would be lying if I said that I did not have a huge crush on Slade back in the day. And now it's not even like a looks faded thing at all. I mean, obviously, you know, he aged just like everybody does naturally, but just I'm so unattracted to like the person he is with Gretchen in a way. And somebody sent this to us and was like, holy shit, I forgot about this era. And I just want to say, I forgot about it too. Well, I didn't really forget, but it is just such an amazing case study of how well we get to know these people. Like what our first impression was then versus how much we know now and how fucking deep we are into Slade Smiley and his custody and his legal issues and his money issues and his marriage. And like, I literally know everything about this guy. So we just get so deep. It's crazy how deep you get, but really we do. And even I was feeling this when I was watching Miami, like we only had them for three seasons, but I feel so connected to them. And I followed along on Instagram through all the years. So, I mean, these people become a part of our life and that's how I feel why it's so hard, like we were just saying about the new housewives to base our judgment or understanding of them on one episode where someone like Heather or Shannon, I've like been through 10 stages of Shannon's life with her. So to compare it, it's like really, really, really difficult. But I do think so far, great impression. And I feel like this season has its its groove back like Kronk. <laughs> Wait, we're going to milk the fuck out of that. You and I are going to be walking and just like say that randomly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we do Nikki Potomac? Let's do it. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. 
is fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comms by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com comments today. Nicki Minaj came in hot. I mean, <laughs> I had high expectations in terms of the intensity with which she would deliver these questions and how little she would let them get away with. And I have to say it was actually more than I think I was anticipating. It was very entertaining nonetheless. And I would love to hear your initial reaction. I think Nikki was quite literally training her whole life for this. And mm-hmm. I think she was, it, she was a natural, like she was great at it and she held the position beautifully, but It is hard because I feel like when we're watching a normal reunion, all we want is like Andy to kind of pick a side or we're always trying to feel out. You could tell he's annoyed by this person or you could tell he agrees with this person. So then to completely flip the switch to the opposite end of the spectrum where Nikki's opinions are more than clear and she's very sort of stuck in what she thinks and wants to everyone to know and kind of drill into those opinions. It was a little bit of a stark contrast. However, it was beyond entertaining. Like I laughed out loud multiple, multiple times watching this. Oh, me too. That's the thing. It's like, here we are this entire time just wanting Andy to like lean into it. And then we have somebody who leans into it so much and we're like, ah, so you can't, you know, that's on us. Like then we can never be satisfied. But I think honestly, what really shook me, sorry, we're totally going out of order and we'll go back to order in one second. I just want to get this out. It's like, Realistically, I'm not the biggest fan of Candace. We know that. I, in general, don't love the way that she handles the other women, whatever. That being said, I found myself feeling a little bit bad for her with some of the Nikki stuff, just as it applies to the music, because yes, I agreed with them. Like you have this amazing opportunity. You're with Nicki Minaj, definitely sing. And she, she did it, but it was also like, you have to start somewhere. And I felt like when she was giving her numbers, Nikki was really looking down on her in a way. And I felt like it could have been an opportunity where she could have kind of lifted her up. And it's like, not, you never start at the top. I don't know. I I can't really explain what I meant. I don't know if other people feel this way. I was just like, God, I would love to see a little bit more support in this current moment. Even if you don't like anything about the way she handles it, like you can tell this is somebody that's trying to follow her dreams. And I felt like a little bit of encouragement could have gone a long way. I think it was like misplaced annoyance from Nikki. Like she felt like this is a place I could really grill Candace on because I'm coming from a place of clearly a ton of fucking experience, but it wasn't right. I think it was just a way for Nikki to sort of like take out her annoyance on Candace and just overall how she doesn't like how Candace handles anything. And it was sort of the wrong way to do it. And you can tell that it was unexpected because like, 
Chris comes up to Candace and is pissed about how it went down. Even Andy is like, listen, you handled that like a champ. And she really did. And like, it's rare that we praise Candace for how she handles things. So for her to get grilled by Nicki Minaj in that way and sort of handle it in a way that she didn't break down, she didn't snap and she didn't, and she really like delivered was, it was really admirable. I got it. I got to say, because like Nikki's very intimidating, one of the biggest celebrities in the world. But what I think made it, and Nikki even tweeted this, was that she came in and said, I love and respect these women. Like she literally loves them. So knowing that before they sat down and knowing that this was all just sort of like for the fun of the game, I think they kept that in mind as she was asking them these like super shady deep questions. Yes. No, for sure. I mean, it started out with Ashley, who also I thought responded very well, all things considered. And and <laughs> I actually think, I don't know, it's a weird question because Ashley's the only one in this particular situation. Like she literally just gave birth right before they started. But I do think that if anybody was in the, on the receiving end of that question, Ashley handled it the best anybody would have because she kind of almost like outwardly was processing the question instead of just getting so defensive over it. And also you saw the other women in a way kind of stick up for her. Yes. And I also think Ashley just has such tough skin at this point. Like she's had to build it up and she knows what's true in her heart. And she doesn't like as much as she does get offended by a lot, she almost doesn't because she just knows her truth and she thinks people are just going to talk no matter what. And you got to give her kudos for that. But Nikki going in on Michael, like, it just, it's literally hilarious. Like, can you believe we live in a world where Nicki Minaj is grilling Ashley Darby about Michael Darby? And, like, (laughs) if she would still be married to him? Like, I mean, it's absolutely insane. And it's the best thing ever. And I gotta tell you, Nicki Minaj and Karen Huger are maybe the funniest duo ever. No. That was the best because I agree with you. I genuinely do believe that Nikki respects every single one of them, but her respect for Karen is just so clearly above and beyond. And Karen received that. And so they were able to banter in a way that was just different than her relationship with any of the other women. I fucking loved that. I loved it. I yeah. absolutely was eating it up. And now Nikki kept calling Candace Candy Girl, which is her twitter name and her instagram name and she only called karen um the grand dame like nikki has respect for this fucking show and she leans so far into it and all i could think about was what if we ever got remote what if we ever got rihanna to host something can you not edit out the ramona thing <laughs> i had a freudian slip no i was gonna say i don't want you to edit it out because i want to respond to you and say that i thought you were gonna say what if we ever got nikki to grill ramona and i was like oh my god that just my my entire body just lifted up when i thought that that was the idea you presented well that's an amazing idea i would also love rihanna to grill ramona i would love anyone to grill ramona but i would also love rihanna to host anything ever yeah oh my god what about when <laughs> when Nikki just point blank says to Ashley, what exactly were you attracted to? <laughs> I mean, I think you said something interesting to me, I think yesterday during our walk, which was, I loved it for this, for this one-off, but I don't necessarily want it to become the norm or like a, a recurring thing. Right. Like for me, I'm not opposed to a celebrity guest host every once in a while. And by celebrity, I mean like 
fucking celebrity. Like Nicki Minaj is an A-list celebrity, somebody that famous, not some, you know, C-lister that just so happens to like the housewives. Like they need to be really fucking famous. But I think in my opinion, I would only want it to be when it's additive. And what I mean by that is realistically, this reunion could have been done after part three and all of our basic questions would have been answered. This was just like a bonus gift. And that's how I'd like it to be done. I don't want the celebrity taking Andy's place in the like natural questioning rhythm. But after the fact, if we want a wild card, who am I to say no to that? Yeah. I think the way that this happened also was so organic and funny. And like, they really just followed through with the joke to the very end, which I appreciate so much. And I honestly think unless it was like a Rihanna or literally fucking Adele or somebody who is like the most famous person ever, or Harry Styles, who loves the Beverly Hills Housewives. I just don't see it becoming a thing. But I do think there is something there where if celebrities are this big and they love the show, I would love to hear their perspectives and just like, I don't know, maybe a couple questions, maybe a little Zoom action. I mean, the world is our oyster. But I do think that this, for a one-off, was fucking fabulous and just hilarious. Like, I, I felt myself just laughing it wasn't so intense even though the things she was asking were intense topics and like really pointed crazy questions it also was just like one big fucking laugh and you could tell that even in their like most pressured moments they were just so all happy and honored to be there and for nikki to be like this invested in each of their lives we got a lot of dms not a lot but enough words worth me mentioning of people saying did you guys get the impression that nikki was a lot less hard on Wendy than she was on the rest of the women. And I know that Nikki had tweeted something basically to the effect of like, there was a lot of stuff that wasn't shown. So I wonder what the extent of those conversations were, but yeah, I mean, not that it was glaringly obvious, but I think I was anticipating her to come down a little bit harder on Wendy just to match the energy for the rest of the women. Yeah, I agree. I think, I guess it's hard given like what they already covered in the other three parts. You know, it's sort of a hard balance what they can circle back to. But I don't know. I think she would have, I thought she would have gone harder on Wendy too. She is in a hard position also because she tweet, she tweeted a ton of things about the behind the scenes of what went into this. And I think she really came with her own questions that were specific to like what she was just curious about, not necessarily things that needed to like get solved and that the producers only had like a couple things that they wanted her to include. So I don't know. I mean, it's like the questioning is really from Nikki's perspective. It's not like when Andy does it where they're really going in on like what viewers want to know, what viewers felt, what production saw, what the other women think. Like this was literally the world according to Nicki Minaj and what she f- was thinking while she was sitting binge watching this like from wherever she was. Right. And the other thing is that she wasn't there. I have to imagine that she wasn't there for all of the hours leading up to it. Like there's no way that she was just sitting around for eight hours. I'm sure she came in, you know, a little bit before she had to go on. And so nothing that happened in the actual reunion, she was really talking about. And so, especially given the fact that we now know how much she likes Robin, I was expecting her, if she had seen it, which she hadn't, to say to Wendy, listen, no bullshit, but you printing out that screenshot showed absolutely nothing and let's just call it like it is. You know what I mean? But that was not a luxury she was afforded because she didn't know that that happened. It just happened a few hours ago. Wendy looking at her question cards, that she was not fucking happy about that. Yeah. Oh my God, that was wild. The whole thing was just really wild is a way I would describe it. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I'm so happy it happened. Also, by the way, big deal for Bravo. Like, she's really fucking famous. (laughs) They're really putting housewives on the map. (laughs) (laughs) 
anything else you want to mention about anything? Oh my God. I think that's it. I'm just, I'm really happy. I'm sad we didn't have Salt Lake City this week though, but they fed us in a lot of other ways. Yes. And I'm so excited for next week. Oh my God. Ultimate girls trip, Salt Lake City. I mean, I'm just so fucking happy. I know. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and we'll see you later this week. And then again for Bravo next week. I can't wait. Bye.